0: In this week's episode of From the Top, the Blue Ridge Mountains. I've never been that way. I'm a little scared as a homosexual. Uh, (laughs) You're the titular homosexual. I am the titular homosexual. You're the titular homosexual. (laughs) How to do (laughs) hi. (laughs) I see you've met my. We think of this time in history as this idyllic, perfect space and time, right? but that was for a percentage of the population, right?
1: Is a person of faith who then does not use the foundations of her faith to be able to interact with other people because all yeah. she's been shown is is vitriol and, and negativity, an option. It's
0: like watching House Hunters and you're like, ooh, which one are they gonna pick? I just always remember looking at her and going, get over it.
2: We've got magic to do
1: just for you. I have a query. How aggressive are the banjos that you hear when you think of this musical and how fast are you rowing away from them?
0: <laughs> Faster than running away from the people with torches in their small southern towns in the 60s.
2: Oh!
1: <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, that that's a, that's a mood, babe. I uh oh oh my my. That is uh this show was actually it was this was really good. But there, I mean, I gotta say, I mean, we'll get into it. But like there, I don't know. There's just something about that time period of history, and maybe it's just like a normal thing that like I just can't handle all of the hard R like. Like Ooh. slurs, and
2: Ooh. Uh,
0: I just
1: can't. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. Mm-mm.
0: yeah, it's hard because we think of this time in history as this idyllic, perfect space and time, right? But that was for a percentage of the population, right? Yeah, any other outlier was either forgotten about, dismissed, or had less human rights <laughs> than the other people. Um, Ugh.
1: so you know, I feel like, I mean obviously we say this with every show but this show's got a lot of meat and I think we've got to really I think we need
0: to go on our own little journey our own greyhound bus adventure oh my that god that has to stay somewhere and that's from,
1: from
3: the top from the top a five six seven tonight
2: tonight there's no more anything
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of From the Top, your favorite musical theater cast and review. My name is Mary, and I'm
0: Stephen. You gotta hear it from the booth, uh, Stephen.
1: Oh, (laughs) and tonight on the marquee, we are discussing a a show again in the season about death. uh, This show, the clue that Stephen gave was the fact that the scar has forever changed the main character of this show. We are discussing Violet the Musical.
2: Pimpled chin Uneven eyes To take it in Mama, why's a man Have hands? If I tell you Don't you tell But ask your bow, he understands There's honey and the bushes Lord and water in the well I have to start The preacher on the scar That cuts a rainbow clear across my cheek
1: I'm really excited to talk about this show, because, like, I mean, we've had a little bit of time kind of in between the initial viewing and then tonight's recording, so I've been able to, like, go back, and I've been able to re-listen to the soundtrack, and I've been able to kind of form some, you know, different thoughts and opinions on a second watch. And I mean, not that it was, like, drastic, but um, I'm really looking forward to getting into this conversation with you tonight, because... And
0: that's great, because I... This is the first show this season I've actually been in, like, I have a very intimate relationship with. By the by, people. By the by, the whole buy, bye bye. By the the whole buy, by the whole bye bye. We were having some technical difficulties. We're having to use a different recording software, so if you do notice a difference in our audio quality, we apologize. But. We were not going to let this uh, dismantle our show. The night the show must go the on. The show so.
1: must go on, and I mean, truly, so. it's we're not going to sound like we're aliens. It might just be like if Steven starts laughing and he's not laughing into his microphone, you're not going to catch it, which is very sad for me because like his laugh is very beautiful. Mine, however, sounds like a raccoon who's on speed, so it's very obnoxious okay, and inside. You can be a
0: cackling witch. Eating children and a raccoon on speed. You have to choose one. <laughs>
1: Fine, I'll be a witch eating children. But still, I'm I a don't witch know, eating I can children. Look
0: like the raccoon on speed. Oh, <laughs> you,
1: you <laughs> you'd rather have that. <laughs> that actually sounded more like the witch eating children. But whatever. Anyway, um, so g- give give us give us a little slack, a little cut for you know for this episode, and hopefully by if next week. If you've
0: ever been in a show where your mic clipped and started feedbacking into the audience, <sighs> like and subscribe here because this is. What we're dealing with tonight.
1: Or if your microphone ever cut out and you just had to live sing the whole show and you're used to having a microphone, so now you got to remember how to project. That's where this we are. This is no. our moment. This is our moment. So This is the moment. So is, what is that from? Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. So <laughs> I checked my mic pack.
0: Steven's checked his. So talk to me, babe. This is your time to shine.
2: <gasps> oh I no. Need-
0: A synopsis, Mary. (laughs) Uh, Violet the musical in three sentences. Or less.
1: Violet the Musical is a coming of age story of a woman who has spent her whole life in the pursuit of the thing that she thought would make her life easier and make it better and less painful. And through this legitimate, this actual journey, she meets two people, one of which confirms for her that her physical disfigurement is painful and her life will never truly be what it should be because of that and then she meets the complete opposite in someone who also says my outward appearance makes people judge me for who I am and it's not right and I feel your pain and it's not until she recognizes within that it's not about the physical deformity it's about how you choose to live your life that she heals From within. Without getting too deep into the weeds and all that, I mean I I feel like that's a that's a pretty highbrow
0: level synopsis, maybe. No, that's exactly what our main heroine will say. She's not a lovable character in this show. No. At all. Mm-hmm. And we've done two shows now where we kind of don't like our main protagonist.
3: Mm-hmm. And you're not
0: meant to. She is so absolutely torn down by humanity and how people have treated her through the years. She's had to build walls a hundred miles high and like a mile thick mm-hmm. just to feel like she can deal with yeah. walking out her front door.
2: Oh, that's so, so
0: hard. Like, oh. Move along, make Uh-oh.
2: Miss? Mr. Wallace Weatherman, give my scar another nosy look. In a week, you'll be surprised. Got my healing planned out in my book. Next week, I'll come back disguised. Well, he thinks well of himself, I can tell that. But what's he have, really? Lips thin, cheeks flat, I sure don't want Let's
0: start with the cast list. Let's get to meet these crazy people that go on this Greyhound bus adventure with our main Fantastic. character, Violet. I
1: love it. So, uh, again, referencing one of my favorite uh, websites, MTI shows.com, we are looking at the cast list for Violet. So, uh, according to MTI shows.com, this has 11 roles. Cast size is medium, it's 11 to 20 performers. It is an ensemble cast, and there are no dance requirements unless, you know, you get something n- nuts you want to do let it sing and make it a dance number eh, it's fine <laughs> um, which you totally good if you want to um, so we will start with our titular character we will start with Violet so uh, the title character a young North Carolina woman whose face was scarred in a childhood accident she is stubborn and prickly but filled with equal parts hope and obsession that she may heal and be made beautiful next person that we'll jump to in the cast list is Flick uh, an African American soldier a dreamer and a a go-getter. He doesn't enjoy the army, but enjoys the respect it garners him. There is something gentle, good about him, not to be interpreted or confused with weakness or lack of authority. I do appreciate that in the show, he does make mention um, in, I think it's one or two song, or right before one or two of the songs. I have, I have enough power that I can boss people like Monty around. Like, where else are you going to see a person like me do that? Um, yeah, so. I, I have
0: it written down as a note that I love that they put our person of color in a power position. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and on top of it are Monty, who you're about to introduce. Mm-hmm. He is the, quote, token white guy that is not a great human being but he's but he's super accepting and he uh is open to this idea i I love that they put him in a position of power especially in this moment of time we have to remember this is 1969 Mm -hmm. this is right after desegregation happened so this is an, an amazing parallel to draw um and i love it
1: yeah absolutely and so speaking of monty he's the next on the in our call sheet uh a paratrooper and flicks friend from basic training rough around the edges self-consumed but not necessarily purposefully so fighting his own demons
0: as the quintessential white guy that played monty uh nope that's spot on <laughs> nope nope that's spot on oh
1: my god (laughs) all right so next on the list we have uh young vi so not quite as guarded or prickly as her older self but still tough and stubborn she has a keen curiosity and the rough edges of being brought up solely by her father so we do discover on pretty uh pretty early on that um violet has lost her mother at a young age and Very much kind of in the whole trope, I suppose, of um, a story like this, dad won't talk about mom and just won't, you know, like discuss with the daughter his feelings about mom. Um, So then that kind of leads her into obviously she has a good relationship with her father. But, you know, as we discover later on in the show, uh, it's a little bit it's a little tainted. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's a little tainted, and I think it's really interesting because she wants to connect with her mom and her younger version so much Mm -hmm. that she keeps trying to steal her mother's Bible, which is the one thing that she has because... Her mother has written comments and sort of other side things in the margins, mm-hmm. and she wants to just connect in some way to her mother, and that's the only thing. Yeah. So we have this, like, religious overtone in a way, yeah. but then we also have, what did her mother write also? <laughs> exactly. So you have, you have a lot of of sort of dichotomies working yeah. together and against each other too. So that's, what's beautiful about this show or what brings it brings it to light. Should I say?
1: Absolutely. I, oh, I love you so much. <laughs> so next on the call sheet, we do have the father, a simple widowed man who lovingly raises his daughter alone, doing the best he can with the little knowledge and resources he has to do so stern, but friendly, smart, but uneducated accidentally scars Violet's face while he is chopping wood. So as we discover, her facial scar has come because dad was chopping wood and the axe blade, the, the shim in the axe blade fell out. The blade flew off of the axe handle. And unfortunately, Violet was just in the way and, and it clipped her in the face and they make multiple references to it in the show, like, like early on too, like in that very first uh, song, water in the well, like there, I mean, they make a, you know, a motion to it in the beginning.
0: Well, it's because I think this show, much like American Psycho, they try to put you in in a position of Violet. Sure. The thing that's haunting her and keeps coming back any moment that it can because you're constantly reminded this happened to me. This is something that I live with. This is something I have to relive every minute of every day. And I think they were smart in having all these callbacks to it.
1: Yeah. Oh, 1000%. Absolutely. The next person that's on this call sheet is The Preacher. The Preacher is an impassioned theatrical man who preaches with all the bravado he can muster. Once had a true healing touch, but has lost it in his quest to become a showman. Dismissive and egotistical, this actor will also double other things in the ensemble, including radio singer bus driver one and bus driver number four. I don't know why that was important or why I had to say any of that. But anyway, moving on. Uh, the next- Well, it is. Well, I, I, I mean, think it is
0: important only in the fact there are, it is such a small cast. Uh, and this is one of those shows where you're utilizing, uh, I well, again, I'll bring it up. We call it skeleton casting. When you mm-hmm. only cast the bare minimum amount, you have bare bones casting. Sure. Everyone is running around constantly busy as opposed to sitting in the green room waiting for an hour and a half for their entrance. Sure
1: uh this says african-american which i don't know is i don't okay so this is in the character description yeah yeah i mean obviously like cast with what you have if you don't have someone african-american yeah
0: well and so and this this is actually one of the perfect shows to like start and bring that up so like in montana it the 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 five black people yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that that's the whole thing so like I brought this up. The woes of trying to put on hairspray in that state was difficult. Difficult. So obviously like this show benefits from a diverse cast. However, a lot of these roles don't have to be, but there are two to my mind that must. And that would be our Grady Fliggins, AKA Flick, Mm -hmm. our uh, hotel manager.
1: Yes, yep. And then beyond that, you have everyone in the ensemble. So that is your call sheet, and those are your main characters.
0: Back over a quick plot go, synopsis then for sure. the show because we we keep saying this so of course we have our title role violet mm-hmm. she lives on a mountainside in the middle of um i'm going to have to assume the Appalachians, something like that i would something assume of yeah. that yeah in the yeah. blue ridge mountains i've never been that way i'm a little scared as a homosexual uh <laughs>
1: You're the entrances. titular homosexual.
0: I am the titular homosexual. <laughs> You're the titular homosexual. <laughs> How to <did you>, do, hi. I <laughs> <laughs> see so you've met my titular I homosexual. <laughs> homosexual. <laughs> I can run in heels. It's okay.
1: I so, I will pay good money, babe. I will pay good money to watch that happen. I don't think I've ever actually seen it. So <laughs> that would be fun.
0: <laughs> noted. What, but Violet uh, grows up on this mountainside and she is... I won't say sheltered from society, but she sort of shelters herself. And I think her father does this as well. Yeah. Um, He knows the future or what the future will hold for her Mm -hmm. because he's trying to protect her from that, which in essence isn't helping her at all. No. Sort of cliche in a way of a story of just, you know, I'm not calling her Carrie, but I'm calling her uh, a you know, carrie she, it's carrie S. She, she doesn't go the crazy route she goes the religious route we'll say we had mentioned it before that the mother uh has passed away and the father is also sort of protecting her from all of these adult things that mm-hmm. uh, sort of any child might benefit from yeah no growing up with sure Meanwhile, we have to remember we're in a period of time in the 50s and 60s where things are one way and anything that is an outlier is something to be squashed down. So she hyper focuses in and sort of dives into the one thing that she can hold on to, and that is television Evangelical.
1: Televangelism is alive and well in
0: 1969. What's her one thing that she sees people being magically healed by the touch of a man on a stage in the boonies. He's been touched by God. She sets out on her own pilgrimage to try and uh, see if she herself can be healed. But what we learn is that she also is judging people and seeing people for only the outward appearance of their skin and what they have to offer in the looks department because that is something she's been so focused on. Mm -hmm. And yes, in a way, this is sort of a Wizard of Oz tale where she's met people along the way and she's seeing other people's way of life and how other people interact and gleaning lessons and things that she can learn on this Greyhound bus ride through the states of the South. Exactly. Exactly. And it's so cool to sort of see a growth in this protagonist that we hate but it's also hard sometimes to look and see because i think it makes us reflect oh, as time totally, goes on
1: totally totally
0: yeah but eventually she gets to where she wants to go eventually finds out she cannot be healed by this this preacher man <sighs> Overall, she ends up learning more and better lessons than if she would have actually been healed mm-hmm. for the wrong reasons yep. in her heart.
1: Yep. There are so many good things to glean from this. But like I said, I I'm, or maybe I didn't mention it in the beginning, but like... Shows like this, they are a little bit hard for me just because of the time period that they're set in and the way that things are viewed like racism, religion, et cetera. Like it's very, it's very hard for me to try to reconcile a little bit. So I'm really glad that we're going to get into a conversation about it. I don't want that to taint my view of the show. These are ones that are hard for me because it just makes my skin want to crawl off my body. It's just, it's weird.
0: Interesting. That's so cool. I, I, you know, devil's advocate just for devil's advocate you know i'm so ornery just because i can be i <laughs> love this period of time if if i had the ability to know what i know now and time travel back mm-hmm. 40s through 60s is like my time i would go back there in a heartbeat and i really would be like the adversarial like crazy contemporary person knowing what i know now i have this obsession with this era like I took a specialty college history class that purposefully focused on American history in this specific period of time. No way. And I love this period so much. And I know so much of just like the inner workings. That's why I loved our discussion about like Towns and that whole thing in Great American Trailer Park. Cause sure. I, I know this, Decade to a T, and this is just it. I, I jump for joy in this era, and I will pretty much audition <sighs> for any show in this time because I love portraying this time and era.
1: I am learning new things about you every single time we do a show, it's just it's literally perfect, it's so
2: flipping good. To I
3: love it. Ba, ba, da, ba. you, gotta bet to win. Mm. See ya, see and raise. Whose plays it? You watch out. Must be hurt. Oh, Who would you get? Some say fall 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 fall. Fall. By the, luck by the, luck of the draw. Yeah,
0: But I do not dismiss you at all for maybe having this like prickly notion of this time, cause it was hard what this source material for the show is. So I guess I have to say, let's take this from the beginning.
2: That will bring us back to jungle.
1: Where do we begin? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Any beginning that starts with a big old pause and then... Well, <laughs> well.
0: <laughs> this specific show doesn't have a lot of history. It's oh, a humble me. beginning, but a long one over the course of time. Neat, okay. Pilgrimage of its own. A pilgrimage of its own, dear. Yes, but I think it's maybe more important to talk about, and instead of the, let's take this from producer's vantage to Broadway, sure. let's talk about how this show came to be with one of its major plot drivers. And that's Ooh. with this idea of a spiritual healer. Ah yes. Okay. Okay. So in a in the Bible belt is what we'll say is what this is called. So first off I'm going to just say at the beginning of this portion, we all have our beliefs and we own have our own ways of life and I'm not going to proselytize to anyone. I'm going to strictly speak in maybe my vantage from things, but also I do not denounce what you believe and I'm also not Uh, propagating for anything uh, religious as well. So, I'm going to try to stay middle of the road here for you. So, spiritual healers and their role in this period of time. So, we're in the late 60s, Southern America. Television is, like, the new medium for these evangelical healers to spread this idea to people that this is a possibility. And, like, we're we're talking, we're coming out of the boom of America and Mm -hmm. how, what capitalism is. So, you know, you could make anything from tonics that had arsenic in it that said hey we're gonna cure you of everything because labels and you know things did not mean anything because it is so new and especially in the south like this is the area that's still sort of healing from a lot of wounds the north is really succeeding and the south is not and a lot of that still has to deal with racial inequality and things that they're fighting with down there and we still even see that to this day sure so um what people can cling to are their televisions and people see that and they know that they can propagate hope through a television screen yep. so like our Title character Violet, when she sees that someone can be healed, and I think there's even a reference in the show, put your hand up to the television screen and touch it and feel the power of God through yep, the screen. Yep. So like there are these these little bits that you get to see in the show that speak to this time and how lonely sometimes people can get that they will try anything. Mm-hmm. So Uprises what we now know a televangelist yep, to be. Yep. So these evangelical healers. Uh, we have to talk about some of these religious tones, of course, and again, not proselytizing anything. I'm not saying you can be healed if you touch. We God are just speaking facts. Screen. We're
1: just talking straight facts. We're not yeah, or straight, yeah, yeah. you know, information.
0: Yeah, I, I, but speaking of that, kind of, and maybe this will, eh, whatever. I just find this funny that people <laughs> feel they have this ability like jesus to have this lay on of hands Mm -hmm. but when if they feel they have these godly gifts and are these god vessels but like is it not the meek who shall inherit the earth apparently is it not like you have to be humble and that's only when you're worthy Mm -hmm. but ergo it's an absolute hypocrisy to put yourself in front and make money off of these people anyway i digress
1: so (laughs) (laughs) But that is a big kind of, I mean, core argument for a lot of that stuff. It's like, if you're saying it's one thing, then why would you set one person above the rest of them to then heal everybody? And then he's making it like all about him. And I mean, as we you know discussed earlier, he turns it into a show. He's trying to be a showman because he quote, lost his ability to be able to heal people early on. And so then he Mm -hmm. had to carry it and make it something. So he had to just keep on with the, I say act because that is what it ends up being. We
0: we find out in the show that it is an act. Yes, yes. But this style of healing allowed for many who claimed to be gifted to send out this message and spread this style of following God, really. These places where they would pitch up a tent and invite, you know, a limited capacity. You Mm -hmm. had to read the fine print that nothing is promised. This then forces Violet to go on her pilgrimage or also many people this was their story they were so desperate yep. and they had had believed what they had seen in these commercials and and things for these these televangelists that they would get healed yeah. so but yeah when you are desperate you will try Anything. anything yep let's go back even farther like even before jesus ancient greeks and egyptians believed in this type of stuff this sort of self or spiritual healing or places of healing sure. the healing springs that we hear about all the time
2: mm-hmm. and you
0: know these just go take a bath in here and you'll be magically cured of cured all of ailments all and, your heat all your ails, and ten dollars will go into your bank account magically like Yay! these are the types <laughs> of crap claims now we know like through benefit of Science and stuff like minerals and hot water soothing and you know it can relieve pain and some ailments and you know that's just time that's science that's real actual fact that we can now equate to these things that at the time just it wasn't available. There was no way to understand that.
2: I got news for you, sweetie pie. I'm the one who can see your lion. Better hope there's a doctor by when I reach for the pain trying to hide. You
3: think you know the answers, but you don't know the questions. Bet the truth would knock your ass flat. Try and wrap your mind around that. Things get pretty wicked out there. Tulsa just ain't like your farm. If you
0: happen to not be like on a subscribing of, you know, a man in the sky way of life, there is the placebo effect, right? That is known to be real. Like it is the power of positivity and thinking that can actually cause healing, sort of AKA putting that into the universe. Yeah. I say this because it is a fact. It works. And both methods, religious and non religious, have similar statistical success. And scientists don't get it. They are baffled. Mm -mm. This is a mystical mystery of the universe that we just have not tapped into yet. And we we don't know.
1: God, that's just absolutely... I mean, it's it's kind of along the, I mean, maybe not along the same line, but it makes me think of like when someone tells you, like, you know, if you say that you're you're getting a cold or that you feel sick, that you do start doing that because mentally you've already set yourself up to, mm-hmm. I am already going to be sick, so here's the thing. And, you know, if people on the flip side then go, well, just pretend like you're not sick, just like you're clearly not sick, like you're fine and it's fine. Sometimes, sometimes that works. Not all the time, but yeah. sometimes.
0: Well well think of it. When we're doing a show, Sir You don't get sick and the second that show ends, because you now know, Oh, I can get sick, you get so sick.
1: Oh my side plot. Side Side plot. plot. (laughs) <laughs> it's literally the cutest and dumbest sound ever. So it's... if you
0: didn't listen to show notes for American Psycho, we finally debuted a side plot sound effect. And yes. And we're still getting over it. We're anyway. still getting
1: over it. Um, Tell me quickly your worst, the the worst time that you were ever sick after a show.
0: When I was in All Shook Up, it, I was assisting with the deconstruction of set after closing. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling like my sinuses were getting stuffy. No. And then I went, oh, I hope I'm not getting sick. And that thought entered my mind. I woke up the next day un able to move
1: yeah i i'm trying to think back to i think it was spring awakening honestly if i'm if i'm bringing it back that far yeah i think so So i'm doing i I have a weird ritual now where it's like i will i will take like airborne and i will take my vitamins and i will wear my socks to bed and i will like drink tea and i will do like all of the you're just laughing at me like i know it's just funny
0: because how like we care for ourselves so much when we're in a show but how about we care For ourselves, when we're out of a damn show. How about that? No,
1: I eat like a trash panda and then I sleep like a corpse. It's fine. We're doing dance rehearsals. I'm like, all right, nope, this is great. This is great. We open the show and we go through like the first because we only had, I think we had three weekends of shows and we did the first weekend and I was like, all right, nope, this is great. We get the second weekend. All of a sudden, like that Sunday, I'm just like, and and I can feel it just like starting in my chest. So I double down on everything. We get done with. the show. We have the most epic cast party in the world. Oh, girl. And then that Sunday, babe, I was a mix of hungover, and then I was sick, but, like, every movement of my
0: body just rang in my head. And But then, thinking back on it, my director, we actually had a reprise of the show, because there was so much interest in our production of All Shook Up. Sure. We could sell out another, like, two weekends. So, we just said, hey we're gonna put this on at the end of this theater season again we're gonna reprise the show so we ended up coming back to all of the cast agreed to come back at the end of the year when we were in like the one week of rehearsal because it was like riding a bike like we all right you just jump back quickly and easily um but the director came up she was like you've never sounded better and i only went it's probably because i was actually rested and i probably wasn't Getting sick—it's definitely a thing yeah. where you're probably running yourself down. Yes,
1: very so, so. good. Just a PSA <laughs> from actors to actors, from actors to people: uh, take care of yourself. Listen to your body. If you need stuff, give it to it. Don't try to run yourself into the ground. While the show must go on, it can't go on if you're a corpse. So, exactly. <laughs> anyway,
0: anyway, that was a major side plot. <laughs> side, side plot. plot. But like I was saying, uh, actually talking about the show then itself, now that we've set this up, that this healing ability has been a topic of interest in all all of the world's history yes. as we know it. Yes. So it took 17 years for this musical to fully develop, and its source is even older. So this is, surprise, surprise, based on a book. Oh, shocking. I'm surprise, so surprised. Surprise. I know, I know. I know. But this was only a short story. It was called The Ugliest Pilgrim by Doris Beth. No!
2: Uh, no. The Ugliest Pilgrim. <laughs>
0: It's a little problematic. A little? Mm, that just it's And um... then it gets worse because the N-word is dropped in this, hard R, more times than I've probably heard in my entire life.
1: So are we so... doing like a like a holiday inn? Holiday inn. There's don't holiday go watch news the news source the material. Ice, yes. Yeah,
0: don't do that. No, I will not give this source material a pass. I will just call it a different time, much like Catcher in the Rye. Okay. I won't say it it makes up for itself because you see this a lot in shows. It starts off majorly problematic. Sure. And then it fixes itself throughout because you're trying. That's what theater is. Sometimes you're trying to put something difficult in front of someone and make it better. I think that's what Doris was trying to do. But I'm also not giving it a pass because not okay. I would love a revised version of this particular book out because it's an interesting read. It reads like you're reading bullet points. I I read the entire it's it's only like I forget what it is. It's like 30-ish pages. Well, that's not terrible. This is also getting into Violet's mind. It's all from Violet's perspective and it's all of the stuff almost that she was writing in her journal about these people mm-hmm. that she was encountering and and how she's judging them based upon their looks and her interactions with these people. Like mm. she'll bring comments and quotes and things that she said. She wants this this look from this person. Oh, she would never with this person. She's not looking for anything about anyone other than do they look good
2: mm-hmm. in my
0: eyes. And wow. then it sort of makes you uncomfortable about how sort of affronting it is. Yeah. In that, but you still read cuz you're wondering how this is going to pan out mm-hmm. because because you're on this journey with Violet and seeing wow. like maybe she will get healed. Like you, when you back in the 69, when this book was written, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have known. So you would have read to be like, oh, is she magically going to get healed? Right. And I think that's what makes this a, kind of a cool musical to wow. put on. Cause you are also intrigued. Is the televangelist going to heal her? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a thing? And then you, of course you get wrapped up in this um, sort of tr- love triangle that sort of happens. <laughs> they do equate the scar to skin color. And I do think it was a smart move but and they only i only say that because they navigated it well yeah. it doesn't take away from heritage or culture but it points out the stupidity of taking something so artificial as literal face value yeah of something yeah and that's the beauty that comes from this show um is that it forces you to look at that no
2: traces anywhere of a Hatchet, I could be centuries shooting on location in some far off tiny nation oh, with lips like those. I look almost shameless. Oh, but had the nose. Now
1: Do you want to slide into I'm a, a in critic's fairness. corner?
0: Yes, I would love that.
1: Let's power slide into a critic's corner. A lot of the reviews that I'm pulling are, of course, for when um, Violet debuted on Broadway. Um, This review does come from broadwayworld.com. This is as of April 20th of 2014. While there are no miracles of biblical proportions, Violet ends with emotional cleansing, self-realization, and hopefulness sutton foster is that rare above the title broadway star who can match polished musical theater craft with an approachable every woman quality as violet she mixes her character's devout trust in the lord with a protective shell of distrust built from 12 years of blaming her dad for both her initial injury and how he handled its aftermath and from dealing with the repulsed and cruel treatment she's received from others for half her life It was the best acting performance of her New York career. Violet is a small musical of big ideas. Its spectacle comes in its writing and in the opportunity for singing actors to play intriguing characters. This production is not to be missed. That's a really fabulous, like, I mean, that's (laughs) succinct (laughs) and and, and wonderful. And yeah, hmm. Um, the lowest one that I can find on a scale of one to 10 is a six. And the title reads, Violet exits the bus, then loses its way. So, I mean, you could... Well, and
0: so, here's where I will actually even maybe agree with this, maybe going in straight into maybe a weak point of the show. Sure, go for I it. I think once, it. You, once you separate Violet from her compadres, it's essentially separating Dorothy from her little mash of people. From
1: her mash of humans. She, she Humanoid things.
0: Humanoids? <laughs> humanoids, yes. Humanoids. <laughs> yeah. She's suddenly on her own, and you're getting to see... We'll call it her psychosis. <laughs> I'd say that's probably accurate. Of of what of what she's going through. And so it's hard to watch. And I think if you're not ready to face that as an audience member, you're you're gonna walk away uncomfortable and maybe disinterested in a way. Yeah. Because it it's hard to see her fail. Mm -hmm. It's hard to see that she doesn't get what she wants. It's hard to see that these people are using people for their own betterment. And so when it derails is when he gets off the bus away from Monty and Flick. And she has to go to the preacher. They still gave it a six. Five is average. Mm -hmm. Six is a little better. Six is a little better. Go see it so is this another show i have absolutely just introduced you to or yep totally i had not, no idea your head emphatically okay well perfect well and i guess of i sort of dropped it this is my i i, I have been in this show mm-hmm. i have played montgomery. Monte- um, montgomery yeah and so it it is um it's, he's one of the characters I will always say I love looking back and I'm happy I got to play um it was it was randomly thrust upon me to be in this in this show and I just really really appreciate that um that experience that I got to have and sort of tell this story um that really has become important to me to tell and I, I'm really excited to even dive more into this with you um just because I this show has so many amazing amazing, themes that I just want to talk about
1: yeah and I'm I mean much like a lot of the other shows that we've talked about over the last two seasons that I don't have direct experience with the show and it is only because you have said hey I need you to do this because we're gonna do a show about it and I'm like oh yeah I should probably do that this again is part of that litany of shows that then I go why did I not know about this show f- before today? Because it is such a good show that deals with so many different, like it paints in really broad strokes and is so pretty and so good. And the music flipping slaps. It's so good. So, uh, yeah, zero experience beyond you another one that I get a tick in that win column for Steven introduced mm. me to the
0: show so just keeping tally marks let's go
1: you so. know what if we've got a cry count we should absolutely have something that you tally <laughs> up how many shows you've had me watch just because I because you said me, so son,
3: forget what might happen give yourself a break whatever's happening don't let your spin
0: sort of bring the source back in and let's get it back into what this show then dives into so she is judging everyone based on their looks right in this book right the one thing that is actually described in this book like i was saying are the people she's pretty blunt as a person and has no niceties we'll say sure she's detailingly writing in this journal, the judgments that she's passing on others, Mm kind of like we were talking about, right? How there's this weird dichotomy with these televangelists making money off of others. She is passing judgment when she doesn't want to be judged, Mm -hmm. but she has had this life full of judgments being passed on her. So this unwavering faith, how does this play into her wizard of Oz journey? So to speak, Is her belief that this will work a betterment for her Mm -hmm. or something that's bad?
1: Oh, that's such a good... So I'm trying not to speak in absolutes, but when we talk about somebody who is portrayed in... A fictional setting, we'll say, whether it's film, television, or theater, this person, if they are a religious—I can't even say zealot because that's not right either—but but somebody who is very passionate about what they believe, they're typically shown as: if I follow these guidelines, if I read this book, if I do these things, my life is—I am a good person, regardless of what happens to me. And then you get somebody like Violet, who has such a belief in the in the idea that if I go see this preacher, I I will be be changed forever and I will be physically altered. And then on the same side, she's not being the thing that she advocates for and is outwardly judging people immediately based on their appearance. As a very clinical question, how can you claim to be a person of faith who is, you know, believe in the good of others and do all these things if you are outwardly judging them based on what they look like. It is about the, it's about the biggest debate I think I've ever had with people, and I still can't get a clear answer on it. So I find it very fascinating that our titular character is a person of faith who then does not use the foundations of her faith to be able to interact with other people because all yeah. she's been shown is, is vitriol and, and negativity for her whole life. So, I mean, if that was the case, like that would obviously reform your opinions of how you do things. But it could also be because she has no social graces. Like, she's never been socialized. Like, even her father, like, makes mention when she tries to go down the mountain to go see a movie. And he goes, go out the back so they don't see you. Like, he's sending her to the movies so no one will look at her face. Like, oh my God, it's crazy. Anyway, I don't know if any of that makes sense, Doesn't
0: Doesn't she bring up the fact that she has to walk by some boys or whatever, and he knows that that's going to cause problems. So instead, he sits down and teaches her how to play poker. Exactly. Exactly. Because he's like, this is the weapon that you will use. This is how you're going to gain men's respect. Exactly. Beating their ass at poker. Beating
1: their ass at poker. (laughs) Yeah, I find it. it is a very fascinating dichotomy. Can you still both be claimed to be a religious person who follows the tenets of a religion, including things like be kind to your neighbor, do good for others, etc., etc., and then also fall victim to To if you're looking at a through a Christian lens to original sin, where we were marked from the beginning to fall victim to things like jealousy and lust and name a seven deadly sin and put it here, like, can you still be both of those things? And it, it, yeah, it's a very interesting question.
0: It it really is an unwavering faith situation. You put all of your faith into one thing. Absolutely. And it almost becomes part of your personality, Mm -hmm. right? You, you have to integrate it into your everyday life. Again, that, that sort of, you know, Fist bumping fist, it fights in your head. Like, how does this <laughs> work when when you don't see it being put in action?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's part of the the dislike that we have for Violet because we see her get in her own way so much.
1: Oh, 1000%. Yes. But not to
0: say that we hate her because we no, don't. No, no, we're no. Vying, we're vying for Violet.
1: We're vying but for, but we get frustrated. We get frustrated. We're
0: frustrated with Violet. Yeah. I, that's always fought in my head and uh, just about. About this character and even like playing opposite violet like as my character sure. monty i just always remember looking at her and going get over it in a way but that's from his perspective because mm-hmm. he couldn't be bothered like he didn't want to get out of his own head right. and that sounds rude and like blunt but there has to be I think a moment where this is now going to be a permanent part of your life. Mm -hmm. And that was never a conversation that her father was willing to have with her. She had hope. That this was going to get fixed. Yep. She mentions she was she's been to all of the best doctors, all of the 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 things of the time that would assist in getting her back to as good as could be. She had tried, nothing worked, nope. and there ergo she has put all of her eggs in the basket of this televangelist, yep. and no one has sat her down and had the conversation, I, I don't I don't want to, again, don't want to equate things that maybe shouldn't be, but I will equate it to any someone having, you know, something major happen. Like, mm-hmm. let's say you become paraplegic and you have to then suddenly spend the rest of your life in a wheelchair. It has to be a reconciliation, not only with the people around you, but yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to realize this is now life and this is something that will have to be navigated for you, And it is going to change aspects of your life, but it doesn't have to become your life. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, like we had said, we are reminded throughout this entire show that she is haunted by one moment of her life. And she just needs to get over it enough to allow her to be her. And much like we see Flick, he likes her In the moments of her humanity, Mm -hmm. he can see beyond what's there because he can have some empathy Mm -hmm. as someone who is always judged.
1: Well, and I think it's very powerful too that the person who says this to her is the preacher. The preacher says to her, You will have to be at peace with this because I cannot fix you. Like I I am yeah, sorry. She, she
0: had her come to Jesus moment.
1: Literally Jesus. <laughs> From the preacher. We yeah, have literal Jesus. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That's that's a very strong kind of point that when when you obsess over something so hard that you you want it more than life itself and then you get have the means to go get it and you're standing face to face with whoever can give it to you or you whoever you think can give it to you and they say this is not going to happen for you you got to be at peace with that it, i mean you know flick and monty both on the bus were like you honestly think that if going to to going to this guy is going to fix you and every time it was yes i do believe this yes i know it will happen for me and then the one person who she thought was going to fix all of her troubles went, you must be at peace with that this will never be changed. That's
3: what I come to Memphis for. That's all I want and nothing more. So here I am, the open door. I ain't a boy in the skin. The steam that you let off the Roman candle you buy by the road that you can't wait to set off. The truth is never so patent. Try and wrap your mind around
0: there. Let's bring it back to how we feel as an audience member. I think we have those moments where like we have a blemish that we obsess over, right? And in reality, it isn't the end of the world. But to us. It's the thing that will keep us from walking out the door. I am the first one to admit, like, if my hair is a millimeter out of place, I'm not leaving the house until that hair is washed, redone, and fixed. You know what? But, mood. Yes. It's just the way it is. Yeah. But that's me. But that's just me. You're talking to a photographer. I've, exactly. We make the mountain out of the molehill. Yes. And it doesn't have to be. But for her, like we say, this is a main focus of her life. This is how she had to become part of who she is but it's not all who she is but she thinks it's all who she is yeah so we all have those things that we don't like but is she speaking truths that we maybe don't want to hear when she's writing these things down in her book i mean you know i can't is she calling out reality that we just like oh his lips are way too thin oh that skin is like paper tissue thin i can like it's just like oh
1: well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say to you that, like, as a human being, I have not done exactly that and, like, gone people watching and just watched people and go, hmm. Unfortunately, that just is what it is. Like, we are human beings and that's what we do. Would I love to be able to sit here and say that I can just, like, put myself together and walk out the door and not really care about how I, how I look? Um, I mean, if I am literally going to the grocery store or I'm, like, going to go get coffee, yes. Do I throw on joggers and a crop sweater? Absolutely. Do I give two flying about who sees me? No, do not care. But oh, like, see,
0: I can't do that. See? I cannot.
1: Really? I can't do yeah, it. I totally I, can do I, that. I refuse I'm
0: fine. to leave in athletic wear. I can't do it. And I, why? The Phantom why? of the
1: Pod can also not do that. Yep, I cannot uh, do. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, nope. I don't know. I, but this brings up a really cool point because I look at those people who are able to. And I, at first, have w- human, the human thing of that first moment of judgment. We all do it. Yeah. It's in our nature. It just, it just is just what happens. it is. Yeah. It is in our DNA. Yeah. Because we have to assess. It's human DNA to assess, yeah. right? First moment, we assess. But then, we we have to think. And a lot of issues come from that ability to go into that thinking, mm-hmm. right? And then... I sit there and look, and I suddenly realize, how, what is that making me feel? I'm realizing this is all my my shit. This is not on <laughs> that person. This is not this is not on them. Why? Who am I to do this? And so a lot of this comes from us having to self-reflect and be like, wait, I have no no bearing on what the, this person is just living their life happy about it. We are passing these judgments because we are insecure about ourselves.
1: Oh, 1,000. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, it's it's just one of those lessons that you have to learn and it's 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 something I still struggle with to this day, but it's just interesting.
2: Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, it, unfortunately there there is always an element of inhumanity that we want to we will compare ourselves to other people because we want to feel better about us. Yeah. So we make them smaller in our mind because we, then that makes me feel better.
0: I will build myself up by tearing you down.
1: Yes. It's something that I try to actively check myself on because it is, if I was the person on the other and receiving end of that, and someone said that out loud to me, yeah. like it's a me thing. Let me do it. And you go on about your life. the you always
3: find doing something. It
2: isn't hard to say
0: I'm I actually gonna read a little excerpt from this book um excellent do it so uh, this is earlier on in the book the the they've just come to their first bus stop and they're stopping at this sort of eatery um And it's she's been sort of talking to this old lady on the bus. The old lady comes into the toilet and catches me pinching my bent face. She jerks back once, looks sad, then pets me with her twiggy hand. Listen, honey, she says. I had looks once. It don't amount to much. I push right past. Good people have nearly turned me against you, Lord. They open their mouths for the milk of human kindness and boiling oil spews out. Unwarranted. Unwarranted. Yes. So I think Violet has a... a... Point here that sometimes the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? You don't have to comment. You do not always have to comment.
1: No, you can keep that to yourself. Thank you. Yeah, like, good.
0: Good people have nearly turned me against you, Lord. Like she admits, I understand this was a good intention thing. She was trying to give me something, but w- what is it? Boiling oil spews out of her mouth. Like it hurts. It hurts her. Yeah. It's not helping.
2: No. So,
0: but then we have to talk about this sort of beauty standard, right? Sure. And then it has to go into this self-betterment. Violet just wants to make herself better. Yeah. But there is a standard of beauty that we all hold ourselves to. And this is talked about in all of these songs and things. She talks about how she wants some... Uh, Ursula Andress legs and, uh, uh, um, Jean Tierney eyes Mm-mm. and, and all these things. And so she not only wants this scar fixed, she's talking about, oh, she wants blonde hair, just a whole different face. She's like each thing alone is okay. But when you put them together, mm-hmm. I'll open it up. What, what do we think? Because she just wants to make herself better, but she is wanting specifics.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know it's something that as a woman I feel like I do a lot um, and especially as a thick woman I do this a lot where it is I wish that I if I had the choice I would do this to my face and I would make my body look like this and I would have this person's legs this chest and like I, I would do all of those things. Sometimes it's okay to do it as a thought exercise because it is kind of fun. It's kind of fun to go, how would I look with a Pamela Anderson chest and then like Eva Longoria legs? Like how would that Ooh. look, right? And like, you know, what would I do with like a Lady Gaga like shaped face? Like what would I do with that? This is one thing. Unfortunately, as a, the quote, fairer sex, right? We are already kind of setting ourselves up for failure because women do this all the time and they do it to a detriment that then they no longer look at themselves and go here's what I like about myself and that I would not change because they are obsessed with the things that they would change and it's it can be healthy and fine but once you turn it into an obsession it's not fine, especially like those people who go on, on really like almost uh, restrictive like diets and workout plans. And then you get into plastic surgery and all of this stuff. Like it just, the pursuit of perfection will always be a pursuit. It will never be a destination. So I think that it is so hard. Because once you start that boulder, it doesn't stop.
0: As you were talking, this sort of, it's like a weird story from my past that I'm suddenly remembering. And I, I'm i actually like weirdly connecting it with all of this. So it's- Oh my. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, I was in high school and I won't say their name. Um, this person was having a an issue of faith and who they were. And in the guise of- keeping everything under wraps, they went on a uh, cleansing diet. And they felt, they went on a purely liquid diet.
2: And it was going to last for
0: 30 days. (gasps) And it was a, they claimed it to be half spiritual, half personal,
1: Uh, where
0: their father was also a preacher, and they were having issues. And okay. they they also facaded it with like I just want to lose some weight I want to get clarity of mind I want to do all of this so they were they were combining their own sort of be- beauty issues they okay. were combining some of their spiritual issues and all okay. this and the, like our friend group was like okay we'll support you but what's going on yeah what are
1: you doing.
0: They only lasted maybe two weeks, probably I mean it's a liquid diet. You're you probably aren't even able to stay awake in class. Yeah, no. We, we were all we were all keeping tabs on this. Finally, later that year, like I happened to be with them. They finally admitted it was all about them discovering that they were uh gay.
3: Wow. And, and into that
0: they were under instruction to go on like a high holy fast. <gasps> to really think about that and no. really focus on that and you're hu- every time you're hungry, think about that. And so it became the one thing that you you are hungry for. you're hungry for that change and you don't want to you don't want it to be that way anymore. and so you're oh. willing to do something even so drastic as this. So th- like we were also worried no, you are perfect as you are. you don't need to do this if you think you want to lose weight but we were also like seeing like what is this other side like what's going on but finally once they were able to admit it and get everything out like the it was just important to be there and i think that's maybe the most important thing about all of this is that the human aspect of being there and being able to at least be by Someone's side and yeah. be 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 a crutch in a way, be an open ear, be that thing that someone can come to no matter what. If it is physical, mental, or of anything that we have to deal with as organisms on a rock hurtling through space, mm-hmm. like let's be there for each other. We have one planet, one thing to do, and I think that's just interesting that this show talks about these, like you said in your review, it's these big sweeping topics mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it's all about human connection mm-hmm. and who we are to each other
3: absolutely promise me violet why won't you face me all i want is you you're not some beauty that don't concern me i'll be here I'll be about up the I'll Make my lonesome dream. Am I just dream? Up in a dream? Um,
0: how about the love story of the show? This love triangle. Oh. Let's talk about Mr. Grady Flaggett's and Montgomery.
1: My, 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 I, uh <sighs> Okay, so I have thoughts about Montgomery. And, uh, <laughs> they're only, they're not even tainted because normally like I won't speak badly about a characters that you've played because I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that because like you played him. And so, you know, I mean, I love you. And oh,
0: so, no, Gummy is a, a, awful person.
1: This love triangle is very interesting to me because of Violet kind of being like the anchor point of this whole thing because you can tell that she kind of starts to like have feelings for Flick a little bit like when they're you know talking about um when they're on the bus and, and he's like you know I I can commiserate with you because people judge me for my outward appearance and like all of these things. Monty on the other end of this spectrum is treating it like a playground, you know, like love story where like, oh, if I make fun of her and oh, if I steal her stuff and oh, if I do this, like she'll want to talk to me. And Flick is like, you are being stupid. Quit that. Like, knock it off. Don't do this. Then, you know, you get this moment where then Violet and, and Monty spend the night together. She has these feelings. She knows that they're there. But then, because Monty is available and Monty is like, in no uncertain terms, is like, well, I'm the best you're going to get because, like, I'll look past your scar and... Yeah, you know, I'm here. And she's like, okay, and then sleeps with him. And then the next day gets into a fight with Flick about it. And then he's like, you know what? If you're going to do this, that's fine. You go live your life. And it's a very it's almost like a tennis match. It's very back and forth. It's very violent. Oh, my God. There she goes again. Oh, and oh, we're back. And here we go. And well, uh, he Monty's like, come back to this bus station. I'll uh, I'll find you. I'll wait for you until i don't want to wait for you anymore and it's just like Mm
0: -hmm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's almost like flick represents like stability and that thing that you should do. It's like that meme of the guy that's turning his head back around. Oh, while he's to the girl, the girl. while He's holding the
1: girlfriend's and, like, hand.
0: Monty's the thing that she's looking at, but she's holding Flick's hand. Yes. Like, she, she's going for the wrong thing.
1: Also for somebody who is devout in their faith. And maybe this is a different, you know, different type of faith because again, time period, Bible belt, where we are. Right. Um, for being a staunch believer in the lord someone who will heal her of all her ailments she directly like goes against the teachings of the bible and lies with a man to whom she is not
0: married yeah, and apparently that per hap- first time apparently happened in high school.
1: Uh-huh, so it's like oh, the ye who is without sin to cast the first stone, huh, Violet? Mm. Yeah, I know. Interesting. It's all these things. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. It's an interesting love story, but it's just very like she's very like a teenager almost even though she's 25. She's like, I don't know what I want, but I think I want this, but I'm gonna go back over here
0: and it's like. she's She's been pretty isolated, right? Like we've we've figured out. Correct, and yeah. And she's like going through it's like speed dating (laughs) (laughs) essentially it is speed dating (laughs) you know she's seeing what she wants and doesn't want and like getting to see good aspects and bad aspects and even get a little little fun on the side but a little bit of column a a little bit of column b here we go again as someone who's played this this sort of more awful character this was also i remember a discussion with my director you kind of like monty sure i never vouched even for myself from an outside vantage <laughs> for monty i was ah. always like eh, don't get with him please don't
1: <laughs> please please do not i love you do not don't do that yeah but
2: th-
0: while playing him i remember the feelings are real like there is oh, of course is they are a bout of love for for this person sure. enough that he proposes mm-hmm. however monty is a loose cannon he has so little to ground him. Totally. And what happens when you get two people on chaotic journeys together? It's going to be chaos. Uh, what well, he's described as a paratrooper. And like he is military guy. Uh, he is excited about going to Vietnam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my right? god. Right? So that puts
0: you in this this guy's mind you know yeah so when when i overarchingly looked at this character i i somehow get put in these all the time where i'm the lovable asshole you I, really I, I, are though it's just typecast? that's your time okay. casting,
1: babe that's just time casting
0: because because the audience has to like him like he's he's a main plot in this show essentially he's he's an option for Violet. He and is an option. Part, it's like watching house hunters, and you're like, ooh, which one are they gonna pick?
1: He's always the option that they're that they almost flirt with, and they're like, Oh, but I really like the bathroom in this one. And then they end up going with Flick, who is like uh, exactly. the actual choice.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: you are the you are the the fabulous <laughs> master bath with an on or master bedroom with an ensuite bathroom. Yeah,
0: they're like, <laughs> ooh, that's way over their budget, but ooh, they should they splurge? But like, should they?
1: Maybe. Let's do it. Let's go in. <laughs> debt for this
3: if you one. But then we
0: talk about Flick, of course, who is the choice option for our person to to choose yes. our titular character. Our titular character to choose. Characters. And I, I do think he... he loves her for the right reasons Yeah, and that is something she has had to learn along her journey absolutely there will be people who like you or don't like you regardless and that's a lesson we also learn in our lives too what i think this show shows is we all have our own things to overcome whether totally. that is an old lady on a bus trying to figure out if she wants to move and live with her son, whether that's Monty, who's trying to find some stability, but still chooses mm-hmm. chaos, totally. whether that's Flick, who is just living his life and being the best person he can be, mm-hmm. but is still being judged by the color of his skin. And then in Violet's case, she has had to go through some real life trauma and you can either let that cripple you emotionally and physically totally. in this case or you can let it try to be something that you can grow from and become a better person for.
1: Yeah. You make me think about a lot of big things with these shows. Gah.
0: I just love musical theaters so
3: much. I know much. I'd
2: like
0: So what would you say are some strong points of the show?
1: So like I was talking about, right in the synopsis of of the show that I gave, I truly think this is a coming-of-age story for Violet, and I really enjoyed that a lot, because while we have mentioned that she's not a person that you really like, but you do kind of have to root for, that was the strongest point for me is... That, you know, she's got this moment with Flick when when he says to her, The first time you walked off the bus and you thought you had been healed, and and then to come to the realization that you had not been was kind of crippling and dramatic for her. She
0: Yeah, we really didn't get to touch on that. But again, time is a thing. But please tune in for show notes because we will be able to cover a little bit more of some of that stuff as well. Anyway, continue. Um,
1: So I thought that that was the strongest part of that, just because, again, as a female, as someone who does a lot of the things that Violet does, judging people for their outward appearance, a lot of negative self-talk towards oneself, not taking people at face value when they pay you compliments or when they tell you that you're beautiful or when, you know, any of those things... I found it so kind of refreshing for her to then go from this obsession of, I need this fixed, this will change my life, to I embrace this and this is my life. Like, this is not something that I will change or can change. And of the entire show, I think that was the strongest part for me as a woman to be able to identify with that.
0: I just truly, truly enjoy how well this source was taken into this musical like i hadn't i hadn't read the source when i was in the show mm-hmm. i came into the show like quickly this was a show i had one month of rehearsal cuz i had ended up replacing the person who was initially cast as monty oh.
3: so i had to come in and like
0: learn the songs really quick sure. gain a rapport with the cast really so like sure. i became one of these people very very quickly so i didn't have a lot of background time to like figure out a lot of this stuff and i i just remember thinking this story the story is strong the story has a lot of big things mm-hmm. and i think it's important for people to see but as so i think the storytelling is specifically strong yeah totally and i have to now that i've read this source give credit to i i when i describe the source it's like bullet point short story and mm-hmm. when you have such a strong-willed protagonist who has such blunt Offerings, you're going to get a very bluntly strong show. I think. So then, weak points of this show, do you have any that you know of?
1: You know, to be honest, I don't think I do. I think that this was. Um, Ooh. I right? I mean, there are. I you know the the entirety of this show. I think for me was very well rounded. I think that there was a lot of really great moments where. You know, dialogue flowed really well into music. So there wasn't, to my knowledge and to my my multi- or my two viewings of the show, that there were moments that there were gaps, that there were audible, like, this should have something in it. And there is an awkward silence here that no one knows how to fill. And I thought that the relationships were really well balanced, um... I mean, you know, again, like personally, I would tone down all of the things that seem to, you know, make my skin want to crawl off my body, but that does not make it accurate to the time period. So those are not weak points that I can actually talk about because those are personal weak points for me. But for you who has been in this show, I would love to know from the insider's perspective if you think that there is something that needs to be like removed or changed.
0: There Mm -hmm. are all of these side characters that you meet along the way. And it's not that I need more from them um, or, like, more of a backstory, but it's almost like we get invested in some of these people and some of these characters, and then it just is all for naught. I feel like people just weren't given their due. Mm -hmm. And as an audience member, I look and say... I'm a little confused as to where my attention needs to be at this moment. Sure. And so there's there's some of that overall, like the construct of the show is great. There's nothing glaringly weird. I will say it's there's a dream sequence when they have their stopover in Memphis and she falls asleep before they go out. Yeah. That night at the club. But I, I don't enjoy that so, okay. so much. Sure. Um, it even felt weird. And like a sort of a hurdle while being in the show.
1: No kidding. Really? Like
0: you just sit there and go, oh, it's this moment. And that's when you either go, maybe something needs to be looked at on how it's being staged Mm -hmm. or whether or not it's even good for the script, you know? Mm. So if I had weak points, it would be those.
3: Okay. I tried to tell you what would happen, but you didn't want to hear it. Wait. No. No. Violet. Sergeant Grady Fliggins, what brings you here? I've been waiting since daylight. Scared to miss you. I'm Come you with me not- to San Francisco, Violet. You see, I made it. Special Forces wants go me. Go away, both of no, you. Well, don't look at me. No, no, no. We'll have a couple of days together before I go. You see, I got to fly from San Francisco, Violet. I'm going to Vietnam. What? Flick, not you. Not me. No, only Special Forces gets to go, and they only take the good soldiers, right? <laughs> Songs in the show.
0: What are your... Favorite songular moments.
3: Oh my
1: God. Uh, Let it sing. Let it sing. It's literally probably my favorite of this entire show. Either that or... Luck of the draw. That's... Really? Yes. But, I mean, of course, obviously, like, you could say, you know, bring me to light because that's the... I mean, it's the last song of the show. You gotta have a good It's ender. a good ending song. But, I, yeah, luck of I, the draw.
0: Really, luck of the draw.
1: Yeah. I, so good. I just
0: remember thinking that song lyrically is what does it for me. Oh, are sure. And there some fun would. harmonies in there. Yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. I like how they integrate the past with the present in that because you get to see... Same young Violet with her father learning poker. And then you get to see her use that sort of education to school these two soldier boys.
1: Exactly. In real time. It's so good.
0: It's yeah. It's so, I enjoy that song for those reasons. I will say from a spectator's view in an audience, that is the most boring song. In the show. I mean,
1: visually, absolutely. Like, I'm not watching it for the visuals.
0: You have two groups playing poker at the same time. There's not a great way to animate that.
1: Except what I thought was interesting in this second rendition that I saw, um, they had projections on the back wall and the projections were of all the hands in poker. So you could see like, Ooh, as dad was okay. describing to Violet, here are the hands and here's what you do. It would show a hand up on the screen. <laughs> and then when it would cut back to them in in like present day, um, it would then, it would be just like a myriad of cards. So it wasn't anything that was like specific, yeah, but yeah. but so that
0: could, that's an interesting way to do that. To be fair, I hate that idea, but I love the idea of using like projections or something.
1: <laughs> to
0: be fair, it sucks, but
1: I like this part of it.
0: <laughs> it just feels like,
1: oh babe, to do so something because the scene is so
0: boring. Put pictures of poker hands on the wall. That's better. Like that's what that sounds like to me. Uh, let it sing that. Flick gets to sing to Violet on the bus
1: is sort
0: of the first moment of joy in this show. Yeah, I'd say so. And I think that resonates really well. And I think that's why people connect with it really, really good. Um, I, of course the bop in the show is the club song um, that, you know, the club singer gets to sing of course. Uh, and it And it was it was fun. It was that's a fun, fun shout-out song. But yeah, otherwise Promise Me Violet is maybe my personal sort of inside favorite, having been in the show. It's yeah. the moment where you get to see all of the love triangle sort of common choices have to be made. And it's sort of the the uh the fulcrum in the balancing act that sure. is everyone's choices and they will then have to live with those choices. So
1: I do also like lay down your head because that's a really pretty moment between Violet and Monty where she's kind of, you know, she gets to be, probably the thing that he's never had because you know referencing back earlier to when she's talking about the things that she wants and she talks about a mouth and monty goes well what does a mouth got to do with it and then flick goes if you gotta ask then you're not doing it right and they make the comment where he's like well i've had a ton of people and flick's like yeah but none of them come back all of mine come back for seconds so you know yeah, yeah but yeah. like it's this really tender moment that you get to see violet almost play like a caregiver character in a moment because you know you know, she's just kind of she's there and she's comforting him and she's letting him sleep and you know she just starts kind of noticing the things about him. You know, talking about how his hair is like a you know it's like a, what is she or a, a
0: brush or something? Yeah, something. A, yeah, a shoe brush, brush, yeah, there a shoe go. brush. Yep. And, and, well, and actually, this is a direct grab from the book. Oh, is it? She she there's a note from her in the book that says uh, she starts commenting on his hair and how she must get lighter in the summer. I I hope the preacher can give me that color. And then says, I wish I could touch it, but I can't. Then while she's laying with him, she gets to run her fingers through uh-huh. his
1: head. oh. Okay, that's kind of cute.
0: Creepy, but cute. <laughs> but I I just I do. I love all of those tiny moments in this yeah. show. And I think that's why I say I like the storytelling. Yeah. Because there are aspects of this that feel so minute, but they're big.
2: Careful now, Brady. You better mean this All I want is you I've been waiting I've been waiting Scared to lose afraid you Afraid to lose Scared my plan would fall How will I know you'll never leave I've been waiting but maybe you're the one for a lifetime. I've
3: waited for but someone simply The first leave. one to see. Can see
2: me the way that
0: I. Well, long awaited. Let's do a quick questions for table
2: read. It's my favorite part. You'll see. They almost don't know how to read. <laughs> it's so cute.
1: Anyway. Uh, Stephen, ladies and gentlemen, our uh, residence, uh producer and sound Thank mixer, you all for coming here today. Uh,
0: please, please have a seat. Have yes, a seat. Uh, yes, yes, open yes, yes. scripts yes. to page one. Uh, <laughs> s- questions for table read: uh, Women are uh, women represented well in the show?
3: Wait,
1: you want to talk? Uh, you want to talk about women? And uh, I mean, because truly, yeah, they're like what you you could say technically. Three, like, major women, because we've got Violet, we've got the old woman on the bus, and then we've got the proprietor of the inn where they all stay in Memphis for the night. And then everybody else is kind of like, they're in the choir, or it's the singer in the choir, and like, that's
0: it. I don't know. Our main driver is a woman, and she's a strong-willed woman. Yeah. But she's looking for the wrong things, but then ends up changing. I feel like that's... Why is that... Is that just a plot in every... Freaking show. That's the plot I'm of a lifetime movie. It's always the girl wants something, realizes it can't happen, but is forever changed.
1: Beetlejuice, Lydia,
0: Lame is, Fontine, Apennine, Christine Phantom. I don't know. But anyway, Neat. I I think they're represented well, and there's a lot of women in the cast well in for it's a 60s show. I was going to say accurate accurately. to the time
1: period. Yes,
0: yes. I will give it points because Violet is steadfast and hearty in her ability to speak up for herself.
1: Yes, I would agree with that, too.
0: Race. Is race represented well? I think so. We end up loving and rooting for our Uh, black people Mm -hmm. in this show specifically because that is the, specific people of color we are representing in the show mm-hmm. and i would say it speaks of hard the hardships it speaks about the blatant racism it speaks of the harsher world that they have had to grow up in and navigate yeah and that people are unrightfully judging based upon something that isn't their fault uh, the, the n word is dropped once in the show and it is by the waitress at the first bus stop
3: mm-hmm Ugh.
0: It is. I, I will never say it's used properly because it is not ever to be used. Never, ever. They, they use it in a way that recoils back to make the person look like the asshole. It, because yeah. of that, you get to see what life was like back then. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm never a proponent for that being used ever. So. I agree with all of those points, actually. <laughs> um, And representation. I, I. We're in the South in the 60s. Uh, If it was there, it was hidden. It was hidden. It was was deep in that closet, man. It was, (laughs) oh
1: my God. It was the box of shoes that you only pull out for Easter and Christmas. You don't. It was
0: was with the sparkly Christmas (laughs) decorations.
1: Yeah, buddy. It is part of our culture now. In the 60s, it wasn't. It was just not, it wasn't talked about. It wasn't acknowledged. it It wasn't any of those things. In this circumstance, representation is something that does not need to be added to enhance the story story because it is not historically accurate
0: yeah well and so here's this is what i'm i'm realizing maybe from some of this portion of conversation so like we cleaved in this time and era to people that were different as well and violet being different could potentially be like that diva that we um sort of find ourselves in like i was talking about with my my friend who sort of came out Mm -hmm. essentially because of this because of something they were going through Mm -hmm. we can see like i don't want to be this i want to be different but i can't change yep so i think there maybe is a connection there but it's loose but it's not representation but i again this isn't something for that story exactly does this story hold up without the music
1: you know honestly i would say so i would still probably watch watch this this. yeah totally and
0: is this the first show that we've hardcore just been like, yeah, I would watch this play? I
1: think so. Um, I think that's a really big kind of hallmark of this show then to be able to just say, I would absolutely watch a show without the music because the story is so compelling. I
0: would 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. I'm that was that fun. This is, this is the show. Perfect. This is the show. Would it change in era, time, or decade?
1: Could it? Yes. Should it? I don't think so. Ooh, but he's going to devil's advocate me. So, okay. I will say that if you if you were to change it to era time or decade, are there universal things that happened in the show that could happen in any era time or decade? Absolutely. We can talk about things like racism and physical disformity. I think it would lose its it would lose the anima that we like
0: about it, it I think. It kind of does. I I'm just I'm seeing a lot of um like parallels. Like if I wanted to do a modern Violet, racism is huge even though everything has been desegregated 60 years now and we're still dealing with this is, absolutely how stupid is this i and then know i i think about we're dealing with an uprise in radical sort of christianity in a way where we're yeah. seeing these like devout believers believe in things that are just Not quite right. Mm -hmm. You know who you are if you're not. I can see how this could be used in a contemporary setting to push topical things of our time. Totally. Do I think it could? Yes. Should it? Maybe. Maybe. Amateur or professional, scale of one to 10.
1: I would probably say this is absolutely like more towards the more easily attainable side, yeah. I think, of this. I mean, I'd probably say, I don't know, conservatively four, maybe?
0: This is the lowest score I've ever given, and I'm going to say three. Three.
1: Do you want to know what I was? A- I was actually going to say three. I'm you like got scared. I, you know, I did. I did get scared of it. I was like, well, okay, maybe let's give it some points.
0: The music is not hard. Hard. I remember being able to learn it fairly quickly. I believe the director that we had was a first time director, so this is easily accessible for people wanting to branch out into hardcore, meaningful theater. Sure. I mean, depending upon where you are, the hardest aspect of getting this—like we were in Montana—we had to hire professional people of color right. to come in and play the roles right. that needed needed to be. Well, yeah, that because can be you, the hardest part for some shows. Yeah,
1: you knew that you needed that, so you can't. Unfortunately, the demographic doesn't give you what you need, so you can't cast for talent at that point. Because the script, uh, I mean, does call for something very specific. Because again, we're in a very specific time period. It's so like you you have to do that. We're not going to pull a holiday in source material
0: business. We don't do that in this house. 50 years from now, will this still be being staged?
1: My God, I hope so. I hope so. It's such I a I think good- it will
0: be that niche musical by then where it's probably going to be cheap as hell and just readily available. Oh, absolutely. But uh, I, I'm- I'm iffy on that. I don't think it, it will be. Would I show this to aliens?
1: That's a really good question. And I'm really glad that we have it in the rotation. Um, no, yes. Kind of, you know, I don't, I don't don't think think I would. No, I I don't think I will. Because, you know, for aliens, I would assume that aliens are, you know, the type of being that like, again, science and, and, and those types of things are, they're more foundationally about the proof of the thing. And so showing them something that is metaphorical or something that is non-tangible, like religion and, you know, whatever being is up there that you believe in. I don't I mean aliens would not would not spend their time, I don't think. I don't think. I don't know. I don't, no, think no. So. I don't.
0: final thoughts on violet the musical
1: oh my goodness again another one in the lexicon that i am super excited about that you showed to me and it, it, you know again touched my heart the fact that you were in the show and so then you we got to watch this rendition of you being able to portray this character it was just super fabulous and wonderful and i I learned a lot from it. I resonated a lot with it. Um, Did it make the skin want to crawl off my body? Absolutely, because we're in a very specific time period that like I just can't deal with atrocities, like treating somebody differently because of their skin color and like things that they can't change. Like those are things that I just cannot do. The the music was beautiful. The storytelling is phenomenal. Jump on this chance. You will not regret it. If you do.
0: Yeah. I only have good memories with this show. And I remember as being part of one of the core three that get to drive this story forward. I remember feeling how important this felt being like in a small town in montana like i remember Mm. just feeling like this is one of the shows that i remember when in my younger 20s where i felt like i was doing something meaningful finally like that was like oh i'm actually telling a story that deserves to be told and i think this story does oh
1: that just gave me goosebumps steven
0: Well, I have a fun little teaser for our next show. It's if you only hear that. fun
1: for you because you know the shows and I don't know anything. Oh,
0: Mary, you... <laughs> me. You are either... Either way, you're going to fall out of your chair on this next show. Do I
1: need to be prepped to fall out now? Okay. Well,
0: unless you guess it, so...
1: Oh, God. Okay, feed it to me. I'm ready, kid. Let's go.
0: Uh, the next musical... Centers around an annual celebration.
1: What kind of clue is that?
0: Oh! It narrows it down quite a bit.
1: Oh, I'm sure it does. You want to <laughs> you want to join in on the conversation? You want to follow us for all of our shenanigans and all of the various and sundry things that we do? Make sure you follow us on Instagram at um, from the top underscore podcast. If you have shows that you'd like us to rate and review, if you have things about our show that you love that you want us to know about, if you have things like Steven says you love to hate us and you want to send us some hate mail and let us know the things that we can do to improve, send us an email at podcast from the top at gmail.com. So, until next time, this has been
2: From From the the
1: Top, top, a Wandering Unicorn production.
0: You know, I often wonder, what if her name was... Indigo, not Violet.
1: I feel like her story would take on a very different continuity because, like, she'd be in a hippie commune and not in a cabin in the mountains.
0: Well, it was the 60s.